Hello, everybody. Chloe Hello. <laughs> How are you all? How's it going, everyone? Oh, yes, very well. Thank you very much. Enjoying the hideous weather. <laughs> it's, it's an awful day today, isn't it? It's I love it. It's a bit of respite, bit of respite from the heat. Respite from the heat, Freddie. You're just saying that because you've been on holiday for a week. Yeah, I'm knackered. And he's probably got like a tomato plant in the garden, which needs a bit of water. So, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Surviving. <laughs> but no, it's it's one of those days, isn't it? But um, I'm glad you're all doing well. Um, I actually saw Freddie the other day. It was a bit like of a weird deja vu moment. I was in Budley. Oh. Because uh, if you didn't know, I work at 50 degrees off Cafe and Burley Salterton. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I just saw in this car driving up the hill. And it was almost like a second take. I was like, oh my They're God. Honda Jazz. Yeah, off you guys. Basically, what Honda Jazz? Yeah. What, what is that? Is that, a, is that a lovely car? It's only the slickest car around. Oh, sorry. sorry. You see them on, you know, sorry, most action films, quite high end. Sure. I wouldn't expect anything less, Fred. <laughs> uh, oh, I wasn't driving it. I was in the passenger seat. <laughs> away. A, a wild ride. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, as always, guys, I do have a mystery question. MQ, MQ. And I was uh, thinking about it today. And um, for all us tea lovers, sometimes you might choose to have a biscuit with it. Ooh. Um, or a coffee. Whatever your, whatever your drink of fancy is. So what do you reckon your Dunkin' Biscuit would be oh. if you could only pick one? Oh, gosh. It's an interesting question, and I'll tell you for why. Go on. I actually wouldn't say I'm the biggest biscuit fan. Um, I'm probably quite picky. Like, for me, a shortbread, hideous. Mm. I no. cannot oh, drink with a shortbread. Okay, I just don't like that buttery, crumbly texture. Like, it just doesn't sit well with me. But I would say that if I could have any biscuit, specifically for dunking, maybe a chalky digestive. Mm. I think that's, milk that's quite nice. Um, yeah, milk chocolate. milk chocolate. Milk chocolate. Milk chocolate, okay. 100%. Um, I would be happy to dunk that. Mm. Thank you very much. That's your answer, straight to the point. Chloe straight Church to the is, point. Chloe Church is not like shortbread people. Fredster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, um, to be honest, I would go, I like a hobnob, but mm -hmm. better than a hobnob is a digestive, a chocolate digestive, a, a caramel chocolate digestive. Oh. So, because when you when you put it in, the, the um, like the caramel goes all soft and the chocolate melts. You just put it in your mouth and oh, it's so like gooey. I just the caramel is really, really adds to me. Mm. It's an added extra. Oh, there's a bit of sweetness. So Isaac, what's uh, tell us your favourite? It's got a surely a rich tea. A floppy rich tea. Floppy rich tea. Uh, oh, I do like a rich tea biscuit, but I actually, I'm actually going to go for what Chloe detests. I'm going to go for a shortbread, like a mm. nice Scottish shortbread. Because if you have tea without sugar, it's almost you haven't got that sweetness, which I don't necessarily like in tea. But if you've got mm. a nice 
soft but crunchy firm shortbread on the sides like one of those nice little triangles made from m&s if you want to be a bit bougie um it's just it just crumbles it just works great i think with tea i i sometimes if i can't if i'm not in the mood to cope with the like the excitement and jeopardy of dipping biscuit in tea and maybe seeing if it will fall in or getting the timing perfect i actually these days i just put the biscuit in my mouth put the tea in my mouth let it soften <laughs> i've never heard yeah of that. i can't be bothered to dunk and you know you know when it like flops in and it sinks to the bottom you just have a moment so freddie what, what you're what you're saying to us is you will bite the biscuit yeah, yeah. and then take a swig of tea do you intentionally then swirl so I, that around no no so i like i it's almost like i dunk the biscuit in the tea but in my mouth you know Okay, but do you do tea or biscuits? Yeah, biscuit talk then? us through it. I'm quite interested now. Uh, bis- buy a biscuit, drink a bit of tea to like soften the biscuit, some hot tea softens the biscuit and then you just like... Okay, I so get yeah. that. And oh, so... I, I wonder about the temperature of, of... So does the temperature of a tea or coffee impact the sogginess of the biscuit? I think so, yeah. The you think the hotter... Yeah, the I think more it melts. It's a catalyst for mushiness. So it's basically a case of you bite the biscuit, you drink, you drink the tea. A bit of tea to soften it. You swallow the tea and then do you chew the biscuit and eat it? Yeah, I just kind of eat it. It's a bit like if anyone here is listening and is gluten free, it's a bit like when you eat gluten free bread and it's like so dry. I had a gluten free sandwich the other day. I had to have a swig of water every bite just oh. to soften it up. It was a bit like that, to be honest. It's a bit like that, but with biscuit and tea. Oh, you're not in there. Yeah. Interesting technique. Anyway, I digress. I digress. Just, just something to, something to share. Yeah. Well, I hope it gets you thinking, guys, about your techniques for eating biscuits in the future. My word. Yeah, it is something to think about. Yes. Big, big questions. Um, but thinking about questions, we're going to now go on speaking about doubts. Um, so yeah, back in a minute. <laughs> Speaking about oh, doubts yeah. today. Uh, <laughs> hello, friends. And um, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> it's an interesting topic, doubt. Because um, something I think we all think about, we all have those mm. stages and seasons. Sometimes we don't sort of express that we're going through them because it might make us feel, oh, I feel a bit weak in the situation, or I don't express those that side of me because it might open up areas which I want, don't want to go down. And I think now in our society, doubt is almost like a new normal. And we don't speak about it because I mean, you, know, you might doubt your work, you might doubt you know, the weather, you might doubt watching England on a Saturday night. Like it could be anything. Um, but good. I want to speak about first of all uh, doubt, as in being unsure about just God and all of that. If, if you know, mm. universe, God, that whole aspect. Um, so yeah, I have anything to say? Thoughts and feelings. I yes, this is something close to my heart uh just because i remember i guess all through my time as a christian i've been really interested in like understanding why i believe what i believe like i really don't think like 
you can be a Christian and not really look at the evidence why you can just kind of like blindly believe but I think there's a difference yeah like mm. uh yeah they're, they're like I believe in Jesus because I think there's evidence in my life and in the world around me and in the universe to think that the, the existence of God is more holds a greater explanation for life than the alternative um which is why I believe in God um also like asking questions is really good like I've definitely had times I still think there was one time in uh, a couple of years ago where I think I became an atheist for a day because I had this atheist okay. flatmate and he just pounded me with all these questions about my faith that I'd not really considered and um I genuinely was like walked you know walking down the street just thinking i genuinely don't think god exists god i just don't think you exist it's really scary um but like knowing i think knowing that god is good is really important and um and also knowing that asking questions is good like yeah. um in the bible there's this bit um where jesus when jesus comes back from the dead when he rises from the dead and he goes to see his disciples um, it's, I'll read it out actually. It says from it says in Luke, uh, Luke twenty four verse uh, thirty six. So the disciples are all gathering, and it says, and uh, and just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself suddenly, see, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened? He asked. Why are your heart filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see it's, that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I'm not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. And then I love this bit. Um, <laughs> then he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? <laughs> um, I just love it. He just like comes in. Always dead. He's like, guys, why are you so surprised? Like, here I am, like, touch my hands and my scars. Is there anything to eat? <laughs> yeah. like, can, you, can you pass me over the crisps? Like, I'm starving. Like, I just, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it's just amazing how he's, Jesus uh, treats our doubts seriously. And he, and like, he wants us to investigate him and like, Ask mm. us questions and looking into our faith and looking into our relationship and belief in God is a sign that we really care about God and that yeah that's important to Jesus as well. Mm. Yeah, I think what you just said, Freds, is so true. Like God, God invites us often to explore those doubts and to actually confront them because He genuinely cares for us when we have these big doubts, like. I've gone through periods of doubt in my life um, and sometimes I'm sure many of you listening have gone through like significant doubts and not just like the small ones but as Fres was saying like the actual fundamentals of I actually don't know if I believe in God mm. and it really it caused me like sleepless nights of like mm. have I has my life been like sold out for this thing which isn't true yeah. And the thing that really helped me in that was firstly seeing others, other people's faith and 
have seeing that as an encouragement and not seeing that as um like having FOMO about it there's a fine line sometimes if you see people like full of faith that can make you be like oh my gosh like I'm so weak but it can also like revify your faith and make you be like wow like these people yeah. you know I trust these people they're not making this up like God is really moving and Jesus often will like talk to his disciples and ask them about their doubts and be like why do you doubt me like in in that situation like he is genuinely concerned and invested in us even when we doubt um and so I think if you're going through a season of doubt just remembering and trusting that you are not alone in it is something which is I think that's really important to cling on to um because we always hear about high high peaks in people's face, but yeah, you know, to have a high peak, you also go through low moments and mm. um, and times of yeah, I guess like lacking. But I think yeah, there's a lot of encouragement also in things like when Jesus says, "If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you know, the kingdom of God is with you," and all those things. I mean, the mustard seed is the smallest seed around. You know, if you have a scrap of something left, like God can use that. Yeah. And, you know, that that should that should increase our faith, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like Fred said, just really not being afraid to say ask these questions to God. But like, mm. oh, why is this like this? Why has that happened? What's this going on here? And yeah. just you might not get an answer straight away, but you will do. And like think it is pressing in in that aspect. Yeah. Like after sort of turning the question to um that into more like as oh, when we actually doubt jesus in moments like when we you're going through life and we're doubting oh can jesus actually pull through in this bit can can you really do that and something i found really helpful um listen to a classic john mark Comer talk um about doubt for a few years ago it's actually amazing he's thinking about john the baptist when he had this sort of crisis of doubt when he was in prison when he was in this really hard um aspect um and he's basically, here's, here's all the, the signs of wonders and stories of Jesus. And he asks his own disciples, I'll go to Jesus, ask him if he is the Messiah, just to make sure what I'm believing is right, almost. And this is the same John who actually baptised Jesus, who heard God. He said, I must decrease, he must increase. This guy who had this huge amount of faith is now actually saying, are you the one to come? Which is obviously just a phrase back then of, are you the king? Are you the Messiah? Mm-hmm. And um what I love about Jesus' response is so sort of loving and caring. He just says, mm. John, you hear and see what you know. Um, so it's like, just go back to what you know. Go back to what I've done in your life. Ponder on that. And um, I think he said, he said, I think he says in Matthew 11, like he says, blessed those who, um, when they doubt, do not stumble because of me. Like, blessed are those, like, joyous, happier those who, when you doubt, you don't stumble and fall away, but actually you grow in that. And mm-hmm. um, I think for Jesus, doubt isn't necessarily a huge problem because it brings us closer. I think, you know, he never says, oh, blessed are those who never doubt, as far as yeah. I'm aware. Like, he never says, blessed are those, you know, you never doubt, because it's almost like doubt is going to be something which is going to happen, and falcon doubt and faith go alongside each other. You know, doubt's not something to be glorified, there's something which does go alongside our faith, which helps us grow. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
so that's my aspects for I think just um mm. that situation yeah mm. I find it really encouraging that Israel so if we think about Israel being as the person Jacob in the Old Testament who obviously is the father of of the Israelites and that whole idea of God's chosen people then when Jacob wrestled with God um you know that bit when like he breaks his hip and all that all those shenanigans mm. you can read about it it's then Israel the name is rest, wrestling with God mm. and like that isn't you know Israel is referred to often as like God's you know God's child God's chosen people mm. and they are people who wrestle with God so wrestling with God yeah. and wrestling with doubts that doesn't mean that you're really distant it means that God is inviting you into this closeness where you are able to wrestle and you are be able to be close to him and yeah it, it's if we go through doubt let's see it as like an invitation for closeness and you know to be so close to someone that you can wrestle and like tackle big issues that's mm. the most intimate closeness you can get um yeah. so yeah, yeah it's, it, you can see it it's really about choosing your perspective and if you see your mm-hmm. doubt as an opportunity to explore God to know him more then that is a really powerful thing um, and it's also where habits and creating habits and rhythms that become just part of your life are really helpful. Uh, because yeah. then in the morning when you wake up, then if the first thing you do is to pray, to have that rhythm, even if you go through doubt, is so helpful. Um, it sort of anchors you in like the torrents and the storms of of life. Um, yeah, Fred, what do you think? Mm-hmm. I um I've just been thinking actually about um uh there was a time when I uh I I basically was just really feeling like God wasn't saying anything to me like <laughs> I felt like I wanted answers to questions and I felt like I wanted God I don't know just to like speak to me somehow and um I felt like he wasn't saying anything and uh and then one time I was just like uh praying with a group of people from church and um one of them said I think someone here really needs to know that with God, he says, quiet doesn't mean silent. And, um, mm. and I, I just knew it was like God just room, like telling me that like, just cause he's quiet doesn't mean he's silent. And there's that story of um, one of the prophets, is it Elisha or Elijah? And he's like Elijah. trying to listen to God. And mm. like it says he, he saw the swirling winds, but, he didn't hear God there and he saw the, the storms and the lightning that he, but God wasn't speaking through that. And then mm-hmm. it's, it describes how God talks to him in a quiet whisper. And um, yeah. Yeah. Like God speaks just sometimes quietly, but that doesn't mean he's silent. Um, yeah. Which I think is, I find that encouraging. That truth. That's beautiful. Um, mm. But it doesn't make it, doesn't necessarily make it any easier. Mm. No. And I think knowing that, doubt is completely different to like unbelief that are very different sometimes you think oh, i'm having a doubt oh god i don't believe anymore i think that's sort of you know completely different like unbelief is almost like full stop that's it but doubt is just maybe struggling to believe and you've got mm. to still push that and um i think sometimes 
I don't think our society really says this, but sometimes just doubt your doubts. <laughs> like mm. doubt like what you're doubting and just sort of think, actually, let's just look about, let's look at everything. Am I going to really believe this doubt? Um, and yeah, I think there's, there's, there's times and places for that. Yeah. And like we're meant to go through faith as a community. Like you're not meant to go, faith isn't like a one track road for yourself. It's like yeah. community thing. And it's really important to have people around you to um, just like listen to you and like help. I like, I'm definitely someone who needs other people as like a soundboard just to like reflect my own thoughts and they help. Yeah. To that. Um, mm. Yeah. So I get into that. I guess what do you reckon would be some pointers for people if you know mm. you've got a friend who's going through doubt if yeah. that's just doubt in a situation or if doubt was in god in the heart what do you reckon would be some pointers for people to actually help people in those seasons yeah i i think that um it says in um i've just found this verse in jude it says be merciful to those who doubt and i guess just like beyond just being sympathetic and being like I'm sorry I'm sorry you're feeling like that bless you but actually like empathizing fully and being merciful and being like my gosh that's really hard but know that you're not alone and Mm. I find it helpful when I hear that other people doubt I'm like oh thank goodness that doesn't mean that I'm a lost cause you know like when you hear other people's stories as Fred was saying it's very it can really encourage your spirit and so yeah. I think being really open with that person, being like, it's okay that you're going through this. I think also pointing people to the fact that the two greatest command commandments that we're told is to love the Lord your God and to love others as you would love yourself. And those mm-hmm. are commandments which God knew and he says that we will not be able to live up to that extraordinary standard. Like grace allows us to time and time again come after come um out of doubt and so we aren't expected to be god in this situation because if we if we were able to love the lord your god with all your soul and strength and mind and heart then we would be god because we'd be able to do that like we will have times of struggle and um where we lack but the one who doesn't lack is Jesus and you know we just cling on to him so that sort of encouragement I think is helpful for people absolutely I think um it's helpful as well for people to know uh that like doubt and like being uncertain about things and needing to trust Jesus sometimes is a really normal thing that everyone goes through um, I remember listening to someone uh, like a Christian sharing her experience about depression. And she said one of the things that she found most difficult was seeing people around her with really strong faiths when she was really doubting and um, and not, you know, not feeling like God was close to her and stuff like that. And actually it was so, it meant so much to her when people like drew alongside her and said, you know, this isn't just something that happens to people with depression or like depressed people like, we all feel distant mm. from God at various points. We all mm. doubt at various points. We all struggle to trust that he is good. And it's not something that mental health 
yeah it's not just something that people with mental health yeah, yeah. Use, it's something that we all go through at various points mm. yeah yeah definitely i think as you sort of pointed out just when people are going through that you might be on a really high mountain i think you said earlier but sometimes we will go through those low moments and it's almost like knowing getting back into that mindset that low moment or that or in that valley to help that person also in that valley um mm. change that mindset i think there's some really helpful pointers there guys mm. um oh i just love <laughs> i love speaking about that sort of aspect it's something that doesn't get spoken enough about i don't think um mm. i think next yeah. week I think we talk about grace, which um, which yeah. we easily find when we are doubting and God's loving grace towards us. That should be uh, interesting. So how you connect these topics, Isaac? Pardon? You just let these topics connect. Oh yes, it's all it's all stringed in one big cycle. Yeah, <laughs> it's <know>. amazing. <laughs> big plan. <laughs> but no, that was an absolutely lovely talk, guys. It's been lovely seeing you. And yeah, as always, guys, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. Bye bye.